Welcome to another episode of the Restoration Today podcast. I want to take a quick moment to give a shout out to this episode's sponsor, a network spanning all of the US and Canada, the Tomi Service Network. Consisting of members from multiple verticals, the Tomi Service Network provides members access to Steramist technology, which is a powerful disinfection technology designed to adapt to any job site. Members also received marketing materials, member discounts, networking opportunities, and more through a new desktop and mobile app. Learn more today by visiting Tomimist, that's T-O-M-I-M-I-S-T dot com, or by calling 800-525-1698. Hey there, thanks for checking out this episode of the Restoration Today podcast. Today, I am very excited to be joined by a friend and a great colleague in the industry. It is Joey Pendley. He is the president, founder, owner of Penco Restoration. They are outside of Atlanta. Um, Joey has experienced some pretty explosive growth in his company and also had just a lot of things happen over the years that um, I'm sure other restoration companies have experienced. So I want to dive into a whole bunch of different topics about what it's like to be a business owner in restoration. But first, Joey, thank you for joining me. I'm going to toss it over to you and have you introduce yourself a little bit. Hey, Michelle, how are you? It's great to, great to be here with you. I appreciate you having me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yep, so I'm Joey. Um, we started in 2013, mm-hmm. and uh, we are, we're very community-focused. We're very um, employee-driven, and just glad to be here. Perfect. Okay, and what is your background in restoration? Because I know that you didn't come from, like, some other industry and start a restoration company, right? So what, what were you doing prior to Penco? So prior to Penco, I actually worked for another restoration company. Um, so I got in the industry in about 2006 and uh, worked for a company here in Georgia. Um, prior to that, you know, I've, I've actually owned a couple of other companies in sort of related fields. We were in actually the roll-off container service and, and a couple others. Okay. All right. So I know that your company has had, like I said in the beginning, some pretty explosive growth. So I think there are some years where you've maybe, what, like doubled year over year and you just keep exponentially growing, right? So I don't know how much into the details you want to get, but like how much have you been growing year over year, especially in the last maybe like three or four years? And like, and then we'll jump into what you attribute, but how much growth have you been seeing? More than we can handle. (laughs) (laughs) No, we, um, so, so we, on average, we've grown at least 40% a year, every year for eight years now. Um, actually the last three years, if you look at, so if you look at like 21 back up to 18 in a three year comparison, um, I think the number was right at 200% growth between those three years. Um, so, you know, it's funny when you start your business, right? Everybody's got these big dreams. Everybody's going to the top. You want to be as big as you can be. And you've heard us say, be careful what you wish for. Right. And so there's there there is some truth to that. It's been great. And the growth has been wonderful. Uh, it's been a big challenge as well. So what do you attribute that growth to? Do you think that there's like I'm sure there's a number of factors, but are there a couple of big factors that you think were really the drivers of that kind of growth? So probably two. Well, number one. So let me just so the management team. Right. So we as we as we started and 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 as we could afford to bring on people, right? And every every business owner, everybody watching this has started one. They're going to relate a lot to what we talk about here, right? So um, unless you just had, you know, $5 million sitting around when you started, right? That's a different story. But 
So as we can afford to bring on each link to the puzzle, each piece. Um, so the management team, first and foremost, and we've got a very strong upper management team that without them, and I've said this publicly, I've said it with them in the room, you and I've talked about it many times. Yep. You know, there's a, there's probably three that without them, you wouldn't see PENCO in what it is today, right? So the second big attribute would be, I think, that our community involvement, our culture, which all this boils around culture. Yep. And and so we have worked really hard. Are we perfect at it? Absolutely not. Um, 10 years ago or 12 years ago, um, culture wasn't even, was not even in our vocabulary, right? Yeah. Other yep. companies I worked at or what we've done in the past, it was about you manage on bottom line, you manage on sales goals, you manage on profits. And so with the, and the timing was actually good. So, you know, obviously through some business mentorships, through some leadership trainings, um, you know, culture just kept sticking out, kept sticking out. We just kept getting hammered and hammered and hammered with what's your culture. And so I've had to, I mean, listen, I've had to work really hard on that part of it, right? Is being the leader of that, of that culture. Um, that's one of the biggest attributes though, is, is, what kind of culture do we have, not just with our employees, but with our community, with our clients? How do we handle the tough situations? And so what this led to is a reputation in the community that is just, we don't, and, and so we'll get into this in a little bit, but as far as like from the marketing side and all, I know a lot of people in the industry that spend way more than we do on the marketing side, right? So 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 the, the main you know, the management team, the culture, um, and then the, and then the reputation, right? Just doing right always. So we have, a, I know you and I've talked about this. So we have a, a, our little slogan and, and it's on our conference room wall. Um, it's do right always. And again, are we all perfect at it all the time? No, I'm not. My people aren't. Nobody is. Yep. But we wake up every day and our goal is let's go be right today. Mm-hmm. And let's do right at home. Let's do right in the field. Let's do right by our employees. Let's do right by our clients. So we kind of, we, we really, we, we talk about that a lot. We're working on, everybody's working on being better at that, right? But what it has done is it, is it, it has allowed us to handle challenging situations differently than you sometimes hear from business owners or management teams. Um, so we don't focus on the profit. Mm -hmm. We're here to make a profit, but we focus on the people, the culture, the community, and the rest of it. It's just where it, it just works itself out. So I guess that's a long answer to your short question of the of the main uh, what's what's you know contributing to that. But that mm -hmm. that's kind of the all inclusive. Well, happy customer or happy employees, happy team equals happy customers. And it all comes full circle, right? C good customer service is kind of everything. So what are some things that you do internally with your team that you think builds the culture internally and makes it almost like a, a family in some ways? I know a lot of your employees are pretty close and have been there for a while and stuff like that. We'll get more into some of that later. But what do you do internally that builds your culture up? So we, uh, man, like some examples. Um, one of the biggest things that we've started doing in the last couple of years, right, is just simply recognizing birthdays and anniversaries. 
Yeah. We haven't always done really good at that. And and if I'm being honest, like back in the days before we were able to have, before we had Melissa that could really focus and handle that, right? We, you know, we're, man, we're, we're doing the best we can just try to stay above water. So just recognizing each employee on their birthday, right? We have a monthly birthday breakfast. Um, so anybody that had a birthday in the month of February, we're celebrating that, that, and it's, it's the simplest things mm-hmm. and it takes us an hour and it costs us 35 bucks and Chick-fil-A biscuits or whatever, <laughs> you know, but I've had so many people that say, man, we, we've never had a company recognize our birthday, you know, anniversaries. We actually just started this past year at our Christmas party, recognizing, you know, the one, the three, the five, the seven year anniversaries, mm-hmm. you know, with actual plaques and, and, and recognition. Um, that's something we hadn't done. As we're growing, again, we're learning how to be leaders. Yep. We're learning how to improve that culture. That's part of what we're, those are the things that we're putting in place, right? So, you know, Christmas bonuses, that's, a, that's one of the real big ones to me. Um, Christmas bonuses, and, and again, I'm always blown away by the people that say, you know, man, I, I never even got a Christmas bonus. Mm-hmm. Well, I, wasn't I can't comprehend that. And, and so, you know, we, Christmas bonuses are important, but it's really important when you give them. Yeah. So, for example, my wife always got a Christmas bonus when where she used to work. And, and, and listen, there was a lot of Christmases. That was what bought Christmas. Yeah. And we are so, always so thankful, right, for that bonus. Yeah. She always got it like the week before Christmas. And I used to say to her, I'm like, man, how cool would it be if you had that the week of Thanksgiving when Black Friday was happening, you could use it then, right? Because, listen, there was a lot of times, and listen, you know, we've been married 19 years, and we've got three wonderful kids, and and listen, it, it 19 years ago, 18 years ago, 17, there was a lot of years where, you know, we were waiting on that bonus to go buy that Christmas. And I think that's the reason they're so important to me is because we, we've been there, right? And so, but we give our bonuses the week of Thanksgiving so that the employees have that whole time, right, to go. So just stuff like, you know, I guess, man, it's monetary. A lot of it is, is, um, is the recognition of them as a person, not just their job. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the culture side, you know, with family, um, you know, obviously, and, and with, We've, we have experienced in this, in our company last year, I mean, we experienced some tragedy, you know, um, 2021 was probably, was probably the toughest year I've had as a leader. Yeah. And, but I'm going to tell you what it did was it, it, it really hit home and it really drove home what we have been working on because the tragedy that we suffered with two employees and the loss of loved ones, um, dude, it was unreal mm-hmm. to watch the team surround them and love on them and pick them up. Both of them are still here, right? I mean, it was it was a rough year, but at that moment, the work stops, in my opinion. Yeah. In that moment, the profit doesn't matter. In that moment, I don't care how many jobs we got going on. We've got a member of our team that needs us worse than we need the profit for that week. And so that 
we kind of solidified in 2021 what we're doing for it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and listen, Michelle, it's not easy. It hasn't always been easy. It's a challenge every day. We are far from perfect. I, you know what? I would even venture to say I've probably got a couple of fast employees that are watching this thinking, <laughs> when did he change? You know what? It's a fact. And I say that very openly, and I'm not scared to say it. And, and anybody that's watching this that thinks they're perfect at it, then call me. I want you to teach me, right? But but I will tell you that what we've done and, and, and the response that we've gotten from the employees about the culture and about the recognition and all it, you know, I mean, I get cards, you know, hey, I've never had a job where anybody would have even thought about allowing me this time during my loss, blah, 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 you know, whatever. Yep. The profits at some point don't matter anymore. Yeah. And it's really crazy to be 20 years ago or even 10 years ago, if there was not a dollar attached, I wasn't interested. So changing that mentality I believe is one of the main things that's that's that's, that's contributed to the growth of this company. Yes, as odd as that sounds. <laughs> yep. I I believe that, and your company has been through a lot. And uh, props to you and your team for. I'm far away, but close enough to it, I guess, that I've seen how it's gone. So. Um, Okay, so I want to talk a little bit more about team and building your team. You're also somebody that's not afraid to hire from outside the industry, and that's gone well and not well, I think, on both sides of it, right? So <laughs> calling you that's out sorry, a little bit. <laughs> okay, so what have you learned about finding value in looking outside the industry and not being pigeonholed and specifically looking for people in restoration? So... Um, we have had success in both situations, right? Yep. The reality is this, and anybody has said it, like finding good quality, qualified, experienced restoration personnel, they're not just on every corner. And so, and, and so we used to, when we were looking, right, we would focus in on, we got to have a mint manager, or we got to have a tech, or we got to have this. Well, the good ones have already got jobs. <laughs> yeah. And for the most part, you know, we're pretty respectful of our competitors around. Yep. I'm friends with 85 or 90% of them right around me, right? We're not just going to walk up now. You know, that's a whole other conversation for another day. If one of my people walk in their door, well, you know what? That's fair game. I can't do anything about it. And same vice versa. Yep. But what we figured out was finding the experienced personnel in this industry is, man, it's tough. So we kind of... Probably, I guess, four years ago, five years ago, we decided, listen, we've got to start finding what is a good fit? Mm -hmm. What relates to our industry? Where do we go? What, where are the buckets that we go to? And so the good and the bad, right? So the good is we have actually, we have, we have found and, and recruited and located a couple that were just phenomenal. I mean, they, and they didn't have any bad habits to break, right? They didn't have any, they didn't know any better. We, we basically started with a clean slate and more. Once you start talking, get into the C-suite, get into the financial world, get into the accounting world. There are some, there are some, some, some anomalies in our business, but for the most part, construction accounting is construction accounting, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's really odd. There are also been some industries and I'm not going to get specific on which was and which wasn't, but um 
I'll tell you what is a good one. A good one is, is the restaurant industry, right? Most people that have been managers in restaurants end up making pretty darn good employees because they're used to that. They're used to that flexible schedule. They're used to having to multitask. They're used to having to turn on a dime, right? Redirect, be flexible. Um, there's been one or two that we've hired from that honestly, we're, we're such a fast paced operation in the industry, not just Pinto. Yeah. There are some other industries that we've hired from that, and, and, and I'm not going to say it's that person's fault. They just weren't calibrated. They weren't seasoned yeah. you know, to roll like we roll. You, you, you got to be half-assed crazy to be in the restoration business to begin with, right? And so, so you, you got to be willing to roll at any point in time, day or night, 3 a.m. Um, so kind of to answer your question, we, we have found pretty good success in the restaurant industry, um, we have found good success from in even even in other construction industries or service related, right? Um, but then we've also had some man that I'll be honest with you, I, I was so excited when we made that hire, and you you know I see you smiling because you know it's at least one I'm talking about. <laughs> I was so excited to make that hire, and this one in particular. And this person may even watch this at some point, and we're still great friends to this day. Mm-hmm. They looked me dead in the eyes about six months in and said, "I'm failing. This, this is this is nothing like I've ever done." Again, me and that person are still great friends. They just weren't a fit in the industry, and they're actually, you know, what they ended, up, they ended up with a great job, probably making more than they were making here. So it's, it worked out good, and we love them for that. Like they they went and did their thing. It is a tough industry, and there are people that walk through this door that say, oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, we we can run this. And it takes a special person from the, I mean, from the techs to the CEO and everybody in between, right? You have to be bought in, which makes it, Michelle, more difficult for us retaining the good help, retaining talent, Mm -hmm. which is why it's more important to, and, and we're having to learn this the hard way. We haven't always done a good job of retaining talent. I, I'm just, I'll speak openly. I, and anybody wants to talk about it, call me. And anybody that knows me knows I'm not, I'm not going to hide anything. No. We haven't always done a good job of retaining talent. We have made those mistakes. We're trying to get our culture better because guess what? The money doesn't always keep them. Yep. I have literally thrown money at people trying to keep them. And they're like, I think the money is the culture. Yeah. And the same vice versa, if you've got a good culture, a lot of times you don't have to, you don't have to pay exact top dollar if you got the good culture. That's right. So there's a lot of learning curve that's going on there and, and we're still learning every day. <laughs> okay. All right. So between like 2018 and 2021, when you had that big, maybe 200% growth, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced in that window of time when it's growing so fast and you're just trying to like hold on and keep going? Um, quality, mm-hmm. management, facilities. Um, so one of the biggest challenges that we all face in this industry, I think, again, unless you started with $5 million in your pocket and then it wasn't a problem, <laughs> but a lot of the guys that I'm, you know, that I've talked to and friends with, 
So when we start, you know, we really need, we know we're going to need that 10,000 foot building. Yeah. But you can only afford the 1,500 foot. Mm -hmm. So you move into it. And this is exactly what happened to us. We moved, we, this is our fourth facility that we're in in eight years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and so one of the biggest challenges is, you know, you're going to need that building. Yeah. But you know, you can't get it today. So you have to just make do. And then you end up wall to wall, out of room. So that's a challenge, right? Know, get the facility that you actually need. And kind of the same thing with the management team, right? So you know, you know, at, at $2 million, you don't need a CFO. Mm -hmm. You hit, you know, at 10, 12, 15 million, you're in that realm where you pretty much need a CFO controller. There's a whole nother level of staff. Yep that it takes to manage the company, not necessarily produce the work. So, so again, you know you need that C-suite, mm -hmm. but you're kind of at that level where when you look at your cash flow and you look at your P&L, you're like, how in the world am I going to afford that position? It's mm -hmm. hard as a small owner. Um, it's hard for me. It, it used to be hard for me to justify in my head that position, that salary rank, that less. I haven't, I mean, I'm learning, Michelle, how to run, you know, uh, I've had to learn, let me just put, I've had to learn, how do you run a million dollar company? How do you run a four? How do you run an eight? How do you run a 12? How do you run a fit? And every year with the growth, with the explosive growth, the problem is about the time you figure out how to run that $6 million company, <laughs> well, you just blew it out of the water. Now you got to learn a whole new operation. So I get a new operations manual every year. Um, luckily, um, the industry is such, I'd say 80% of this industry, the owners, the managers, the people, everybody's willing to pick up that phone, take your call, answer your question, share their knowledge. Uh, not every industry is like that. I have buddies in other industries. And when I tell them that, you know, yeah, there's, you know, there's, you know, Jim Olmstead, there's 10 of us that get together and go on a fishing trip every year. We talk about, they're like, aren't y'all competitors? Yeah, we are. You know, I mean, I've got Zach Reitz a mile from me here. Yep. You know, me and that dude, we swap equipment, we swap sprayers, whatever, right? It doesn't matter. Um, so so in, the, in the same time, the biggest challenges also in the industry have proven to be kind of the biggest reward, um, you know, in the fact of when, as soon as we hit one of those walls, I mean, I, you know, I just, it's easy You look around. Who's bigger than you? Who's probably been through that? Mm -hmm. Hey, dude, I'm in trouble. What do I do? Or what should I do here? What should I do there? Right. So, um, but in the in the growth in the three year, it really in the whole eight year period, it's been kind of the same thing over and over. The challenges just get bigger as we get bigger. But it's Michelle, it's the same thing you go through. It's the same thing that everybody watching this going through: staff, facilities, resources. I mean, it's all it's all the same. Just as you get bigger, they get bigger. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about business development and marketing. So um, first, let's start, do you do program work? Let's start there. So we 
do a little. So, and I'll, and I'll tell you, so when we started, right, obviously when we started, and probably like a lot of people, you know, that's kind of your bread and butter, right? That, that at least gets you, that gets your, that gets your payroll and utilities paid, right? So, um, but it also, it, it strengthens you. I'll tell you what the programs for us, um, programs are a love-hate. And I think everybody would agree with that. Even the TPAs, right? If a TPA is watching this, they're going to laugh. And like, yes, they love us contractors and they hate us at the same time and same vice versa. So a TPA is a love-hate relationship, right? You, you use them, you provide a service to them. It helps you build your company. There are things on there that just, man, it'll just make you pull your hair out. I'll tell you what we, the, the stance we took on that and all of their rules and all the regulations and, you know, we actually use it as a challenge to grow us as a company across the board. So when we first started, right, there was a certain GPA we were with, and we had a really good relationship with a couple of the carriers there. And one carrier in specific had just strenuous guidelines and strenuous deadlines and everything was so crazy. And so we made a decision as a company that we said, okay, if that's the if that's the if that's the standard, we're going to set that standard across the board. This carrier won't require you to have it in that soon, but we're going to just go with this one. It really did strengthen us as a company, right? And there will be, I'm sure, there will be some controversy on this on this topic, and probably in the comments section of this, right? But um, we, as a company, used it to strengthen us. We are still currently active members of a couple of TPAs. But as a whole, today, TPAs are about 5% of our revenue. And we've kind of, over the, over the last few years, we've drastically reduced that to be, we want them to be, we want them to be part of our bucket, but not all of our bucket. Yep. Right. So if they get mad at us and kick us out, we can still pay the bill, right? But um, so there, I'd say 5 to 10%, 10% tops um, is what we're, where we allow the TPA to range. So where's that other business coming from? And uh, what's your mix between residential and commercial? Um, so we, again, so let me kind of go back. So on the marketing front, on the growth front, you know, so we also realized, Michelle, in the last three or four years, again, watching Facebook, watching some of these bigger guys, you know, um, we always had this dream, man, we want a 53-foot roll on that road, right? <laughs> um, you know, again, be careful what you wish for. But but we realized a few years back that, listen, if we're going to really grow to where we want to grow and take it to where we want to go with it, and, you know, we're, we're now multi-location, um, we have others in mind, we can't focus just on the residential market. Yep. We, need, we, need to, we need to dip our toe in. We need to learn the commercial world. We need to figure out how to do the commercial. We also need to figure out, or, you know, we have to expand our capital Mm -hmm. which we did drastically in 2021. Um, again, thanks to the help of some network of some industry partners, right? That wasn't on our own. That was, that was an industry partner that said, hey, man, we believe in you. We know you can handle it. We need to help come do it, right? So that worked out really well. Um, so, but in, in all, in the last three or four years, we've had a real big focus on shifting the residential and commercial. Mm -hmm. Right. And then also the mix between mitigation and construction. Um, so we have we have intentionally swung the pendulum on that to where 
you know, four years ago, we were 95% residential. And if we're lucky, 5% commercial, we were um, 75 or 80% construction and 25 or 30% mitigation. Whereas today, um, probably I'd say the last two year average, but last year, I can just tell you the numbers from last year for sure. We were 50, about 50, 50 mitigation construction. Mm-hmm. And we're to the point where about um, 60% residential and 40% commercial, if not a little more commercial. So we have drastically changed our client base, right? And, and our revenue streams are where they're coming from. So to answer your question, that, that also in time, it also directly affects the TPA swing, mm-hmm. right? And so we reduced that to about 10%. We're increasing the commercial. Um, it's and I'll just tell you. So it's organic. Um, it's um, it's social media. You know, a lot of it is community, right? So I mean, we're we're south of Atlanta. We cover about a six or eight six county region here in this office, and then we've got our northeast Georgia office that covers about a six county region. Um, but I'll be honest with you, like our where our corporate office is here, you know. Our hometown, if I had to say, and I've never really studied the mix on this, but our hometown is probably, of the residential work we do here, it's probably 50% of it's right here in this home county. Um, and, and that's kind of a guess number, but so it's organic, it's community involvement. We're, we are really, really, really big in community. Uh, everywhere we go, um, yep. we're big in community. We give back a ton. We love giving back. We support the charities. We, we're involved in the events. We love, I mean, we grew, I grew up here. This is, I, I was really born in South Georgia, lived there for eight years. I've been here for 36 years. Um, so this is, this is home. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody that works in this building, this is home. Their kids go to these schools, right? So um, organic, a lot of, a lot of, um, community involvement, and then reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of a point on that, Michelle, you know, we had a, we had a tornado here locally yep. uh, back in March. So yep. on top of, you know, let me just go back and talk about 2021 again. I'm going to tell you, there was nobody re- There was nobody more ready to boot 2021 out of the building than we were, right? So we all thought 2020 was just horrible. Mm. We can't get past 2020. Little did I know what we had coming in 21. Between yeah. the tragic loss of a couple of employees, loved ones, and then we had the tornado hit our hometown, right? Um, I mean, and then of course the hurricanes in Louisiana. So, and and there's people watching saying, "What's wrong with that? You had a tornado and a hurricane. That's work." It was the tornado was local, right? That was our people. Yeah. So honestly, that was uh, that was also an eye opener for us, right? We do. We're an emergency response company. We're a cat response company. When that joker hits three mile, five miles from your office, and you got people to call I me. Mean, my first call came in at twelve oh eight midnight. You know, at twelve oh eight a.m. from a friend's mom. Joey, just wanted to make sure we get on your list. So. We did not solicit one job during this tornado. And, and I, Michelle, the reason I'm kind of speaking to this is to go back to the reputation and the community involvement, right? So we've been building this for eight years. Well, when it hit at home, I would, um, 
I would almost venture to tell you that we, at, at Penco, we feel like we 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 stepped up when the community is right. Mm-hmm. So we didn't we didn't solicit one job. We didn't go after one job. And so we, I mean, we, I, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but you know, from commercial jobs to churches to, I want to say eighty or ninety residential claims. So it was really good that we were that person, right? We were that company that when they needed us, they called us. Now let's go back to the challenges of growing as fast as we've grown. We didn't tell anybody no because we wanted to help everybody. Yep. I'm gonna tell you to this day, right? What are we nine months later? To this day, we are still. And, and we're still rebuilding and trying to make people whole, right? And there's a lot of people still rebuilding. So that's not the end of the world. But I'll tell you, there's been a many a conversation in this office since March that said, ooh, we almost messed up. Because everybody called us because of the reputation and the struggles and the challenges that we've had making everybody whole in the midst of not just a tornado, the lack of resources, the lack of employees, the lack of subs, it was almost a perfect storm that just, we've had a, I'm telling you, it's been rough. Um, we've managed through it. You know, I think for the most part, we've done pretty good. But that goes, that speaks to the highs and lows and the goods and the bads of what you and I are talking about, right? Yeah. Work on it, man. You, you hope that if something ever happens, you, you want to be, you're the one they call. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to be careful what you ask for. And sometimes you have to be, and, and we'll probably hindsight, we may have should have called in a couple of industry partners and said, hey, can you come help us with these claims? We'll handle these claims. Um, we, we felt like we had it under control. We felt like everything was good. And we felt like we needed to help the people. And so we learned some lessons on, in 21 on, on, on that aspect as well. Okay. All right. So before we wrap it up, so stepping outside of like your community, I know that you've also built relationships within the industry and called on resources within the industry to help you grow and learn and all of those things. So what are some of the like events that you've been to that you think help some of the groups you've been involved in those kinds of things within restoration specifically? Um, so obviously the conferences, you know, those are, those are the fun times. Um, but I've said for years, Michelle, like we go to the conferences, we go to classes, we go to the breakout sessions. In my opinion, there's nothing more valuable than that two hours a night you're sitting at the bar at the restaurant, just chatting with your, with, with your peers and with your industry, right? And you meet, you meet all these other connections in the industry, right? So, so the, 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 the conferences, RIA experience, I mean, there, there's a whole list of conferences, um, that's been one, mm-hmm. and 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 then spe- I guess you know specifically, um, you know the groups. The, the um, in fact, I'm I'm part of a group now. So we've done um, the Violand yep. um, Management Summit, right? Yep. We did it in Ohio. Um, a great place to meet people and 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 really you know um, share in the issues and the and the successes. Um, Man, just peer groups. Um, I mean, obviously the Facebook pages, there's some, and you know, some people like some of them, don't like some of them. But the reality is 
there's just about never a question you can't get answered. Now, you might not always like the answer you get. And you better, I'm going to tell you, I'm really careful about putting something on one of those pages because unfortunately, there are also people in the industry. And man, they'll just slam somebody for a question, right? I, I don't agree with that. That's a different topic. Yep. But I have, man, I have greatly benefited from the industry, from the peers, from other owners. Right. Again, going back to what I said before, you pick up that phone and they help. Um, if you, you know, traveling, right, doing the cat work mm-hmm. and there's a couple of things, you know, and, and everybody's got their own group, their own clique, but it blows my mind um, at, at how you can pull a team together and a group together and resources together you know, overnight, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like, man, I feel like that connecting with the groups that we have and connecting with, um, I love, I love surrounding myself with the bigger guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I'm the little guy in the room, that's okay. You know, I just listen. I listen and I watch. I follow them. I pay attention to what they're doing. And I ask 10 million questions. And, um, and, and that has helped us to better our processes, our procedures, right? Our, our cultures. So, Specifically speaking, I mean, the conferences, the networking events, mm-hmm. any of those things. I mean, I, you know, we've got um, uh, we got Next Level coming back again, yeah. I think it's September, right? So August, I think. I just saw the dates this morning. August, I think. August. Yep. You know, and and I mean, to be honest with you, so like Meredith and Jeremy have done an awesome job over there. Again, that's a mile from me, right? Yep. So they're good people. We, uh, we get along well. But, but even that event. That's more of a networking event than, and there, listen, there's education in every one of them. I'm not taking that away from, but the networking side to me has been where we have grown so much as a company, having all that support. And anytime you've got to ask a question, anytime you need something, it's there. I, I agree. I love it. Um, and that's how you and I met. Did we meet? We met at Next Level a few years ago when REITs did their. I think it was before that, though. Um, I was actually, Melissa and I were talking about that earlier. I want to say that we met at an RIA. I don't remember, to be honest with you. That could be. Okay. Well, I met Kim at Next Level, and that was the beginning of. That you did, yes. 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 Okay. Perfect. All right, Joey, anything that you want to add before we wrap it up? Anything we haven't covered? We've covered a lot and you've shared a lot of wisdom. I don't know about wisdom. Um, (laughs) I mean, you know, the biggest thing is, is, um, and I I guess I'm allowed to say this on, on, so, you know, we've obviously with us been in Atlanta is, you know, you've got home base of of Chick-fil-A. Uh, and listen, everybody knows Chick-fil-A. And, and, and listen, I got a buddy that owns the Zaxby's. I got buddy, so I'm not trying to just choose one. Um, but I have spent time at corporate at Chick-fil-A, and I've got buddies that work there. And, you know, I always said, like, I want I want Pinko to be the Chick-fil-A restoration. Yep. From the service to the quality to the standard. So, you know, I've always laughed. And I say, you don't walk in Chick-fil-A and ask them how much is a chicken sandwich. You don't care how much it is. You walk in there and buy it because you know you're getting quality and service. Yeah. And so, and that, and, and, and as well as culture, right? So you walk into corporate Chick-fil-A and it is, it is, I recommend everybody go there once in their life. 
it's phenomenal, right? It's like everybody's smiling, everybody's in a good mood. And I asked my, my buddy one day, I said, how do y'all get everybody to smile every day? Like, I don't get it. And, and, and I'm like, it's like you have no issues here. He said, no, we have issues. It's just how we handle them today. And, and that stuck with me a lot, right? And, and so um, we, I mean, we've just kind of continued to strive, Michelle. We've continued to try to build. Um, again, what I want to leave everybody with is this. Social media and even podcasts and interviews, right, always puts out, paints the beautiful, pretty picture of everybody. Yeah. Right. Social media is the worst. I hate that. And and I, my wife and I talk about it. I'm like, oh, look, so-and-so is all smiles. As soon as they put that phone down, the real life really was there, right? Yeah. So what I would leave you with, and, and I guess everybody, is as humbled as I am that, that you asked me to have this conversation, and I hope that we share something that will help a smaller company or even a bigger company. Right. And, and man, I love talking restoration. I love helping. I love talking shop. Um, don't think for a minute that I'm sitting here saying we've got it all figured out. Because I can tell you, and we know we are far from that. I screw up every day. It's the, it's the effort and it's the forward, right? The goals that we've got that we're trying to focus on. Um, you know, as bad as the week seems, and, and you and I talked a little bit before this conversation, as bad as that week seems, and all of a sudden something's going to happen, and I'll give you an example. So Monday morning, I got hit with a couple of things right out of the gate, right? Um, well, and then all of a sudden, here comes Melissa. <laughs> Miss Bright Eye, full of good news. Yes. Um, so, and this is a little bit of a brag, but it's also, I want you to understand, so, you know, we were – um, 2020, we were um, ranked in the Inc. 5,000 fastest growing businesses. Mm-hmm. 2021, we were ranked in, so we were two year, we're a two year winner, I guess, in the Inc. 5,000. Well, then Melissa comes in Monday and says, Hey, I just want to show you something. So we were actually voted best of Georgia in restoration for 2021. That's amazing. And, Congrats. Was, and, and so now, again, let me be transparent. We're not the only one there, right? There's more than one on the list. But in a year where we had an absolute, I mean, just terrible year. Yep. And in a year, I'm ready to kick it out the door. And then all of a sudden, Melissa comes in and says, hey, guess what we were voted for in 2021? And you just kind of shake your head. And you're like, how? And, and, and to be honest with you, I think what it boils down to is that you then you, you're reminded very often that there's a lot of things we can't control. There's a lot of things that don't really matter if you can't control. And then the reality is we, as being the owners, we see every little negative detail. But honestly, it is not near as bad as you think it is, but, but because your standards, you, you are going you are in the same boat because your standards are here. One little hiccup, and you think the world's coming to an end because you messed up. Uh, the reality is you're still doing it better than 85% of them are. So, you know, just, I mean, I guess if I would leave you with anything, it's, um, I love talking to this. I love, I'm very proud of Pinnacle. I'm very proud of the team. 
I'm very proud of the growth we've had. We don't talk about it a lot. We don't advertise it a lot. It is unreal. There's days I pull up and pinch myself when I walk in this building because it's like there ain't no way we've done this. Just keep climbing and don't worry about don't worry about the post, the comment that somebody puts on a on a post that you put out there. Don't. There is a lot of people that are depending on you to keep climbing, and and as you said earlier, you can't have a bad day. Right? You don't have that opportunity. Right, you have to smile, you have to push, you have to climb, and so it's uh, I mean, it's fun, man. And I'm willing to if anybody has any questions, conversations, talk. Like I'm open, and I'll share. I will share everything I know, um, which isn't a lot, but I'll share what I do know, and be glad to help everybody. Anybody that needs it. You give yourself a little credit. Like you're a small-ish company. I'm adding ish. You said forever ago in the conversation. I'm a small company. I'm like, I'm going to add an ish, but it's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, Joey, thank you so much for everything that you shared. This is awesome. And I look forward to sharing it with the industry and look forward to seeing you and some of your team at shows this year. For more restoration today, visit our website, cnrmagazine.com, or find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts.